I'm traveling to every single country there is in the world in one unbroken journey without flying. Yeah, 197 when I came to New Zealand, it's taken me uh, just about eight years and nine months. I haven't been home in between. I travel with public transportation, so it's mostly buses and trains and ferries. But out here in the Pacific, I, I come on board their container ships quite frequently. Holding my head again, making my way through crowded thoughts. Sometimes it's hard to get out of it. Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's adventure of Please Blow My Mind, my weekly podcast, weekly, my my sometimes podcast in my very busy life, uh, where I explore life with you, with guests, and through conversation. I guess over the last 10 years I've become very deeply, hmm, I don't know how to describe it properly, but it's something like the power of conversation helps unlock the keys to the tricky bits in life, something like that. And I have just really believe that if we can conduct uh, deep conversations, that that can help us work through the real-time scariness of life. So, yeah, it's awesome that you're here and that you're listening and watching for those who are on Patreon. Um, I want to get into today's guest because he's awesome. I should quickly say, welcome to Germany. If you're watching this or listening to this, I am in Germany at the time of recording this podcast. We came over to visit my wife's family, who is German. So, yeah, we're sitting in a beautiful summer and it feels very nice to be having all of the traditional things that the world knows from Germany, beer, sausages. Um, but today's guest has a link to not Germany, but Europe. So Thor Peterson is the guest today. Yeah, I think it's awesome that his name is Thor. And he's an adventurer and explorer. And you will hear in the podcast um, that he's traveling the world, not by plane. So he can go by public transport or if he needs to go to another country like to New Zealand, he'll catch uh, a boat. And so... He's been doing this since 2013 and his goal, his aim, his voyage is to get to every country. And so you'll hear the, well I guess the the truth about what that is like to pick a huge task to do and then to go after it. And um, quite, quite a remarkable story. But I think it's funny that I'm in Germany, in Europe, where he's from, Denmark, that whole area. And he's in New Zealand, and we're connecting via an internet connection. We had planned to catch up in New Zealand, but just due to travel times, this is how it worked out. So let's get into this interview with Thor Peterson. And um, Thor, thank you for joining me, brother. It was awesome to meet you and chat with you and hear more about your story. And I really look forward to chatting with you once you've completed your voyage. As to everyone out there... Um, and please blow my mind land I want to thank you again for joining me you all truly blow my mind enjoy the podcast bringing out the fake yeah bring on all the lightning cause I'm looking for a hero look inside the mirror I find one oh carry the hurt when it gets too hard pick it up dust it off when I fall down 11 I get up 12 don't need nobody 
yourself. Uh, just before we start, do I pronounce the TH for your name or is it Tor or Thor? Well, that's an interesting question because in my country, people would do it like in Germany and do Tor. Mm. But in English, people say Thor. So it's entirely <laughs> up to you. And I guess since the Marvel films, you're stuck with Thor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It's recognizable. That's right. Good marketing, good marketing. Well, dude, I just want to thank you for, um, well, really, seriously, thank you for replying to my messages because we live in a world now of social media. And, mm. of course, I came across your story. I think uh, one of the local media news outlets did a story. Um, and mm. like most busy people, I look at the headline and I try and capture a little bit of interest of what's going on. And yeah. I just, the story was about... I think you've been stuck offshore, but what I was more fascinated by was here's a dude traveling the world in one of the, like, like in, in a world of speed, uh, high speed internet, self-driving cars, planes, uh, Tesla rocket ships, you're catching a boat and going around the world in, in, a, in the slowest way possible. But that's kind of beautiful. And, and I, I thought to myself, I got to, I got to speak to this guy. So Thor, how do you describe what you do to people when they say, what do you do? It depends on how superficial it, it gets. I can say that I'm, I'm traveling to every single country there is in the world in one unbroken journey without flying. Um, so that's sort of the title of it. But uh, the, the package is that I, I have this journey where I'm trying to accomplish something which has never been done before. And yeah. it, it turns out to be a lot of hard work, uh, especially at times it's, it's, uh, impossibly hard and that's something that inspires people to go for their dreams and for what they want in life yes um i represent the red cross as a goodwill ambassador and uh, i try to promote the countries i go through um and, and look for the good things it might mm. be history or culture or people i meet and things i like yeah 197 when i came to new zealand it's taken me uh just about eight years and nine months. I haven't been home in between. I travel with public transportation, so it's mostly buses and trains and ferries. But out here in the Pacific, I, I come on board their container ships quite frequently. Mm. Now, what do you do when you're traveling by container ship? Is there Wi-Fi connection? Are you playing uh, with a fidget spinner? What do you do to get you from one? Because how long does it take to get between countries on average? Oh, yeah. So um, several questions there. Uh, so it's a bit of both on the ships, what you pass time on. Um, a lot of the ships are actually uh, outfitted with a uh, gym. And uh, there's a common room that might have a, um, a screen and, and some way of watching a movie and entertaining yourself there could be instruments and games and, and there's a little bit of a social life on some of the ships sometimes it just gets really busy on the ships and people are working and sleeping and working and sleeping um yeah sometimes there's wi-fi sometimes the wi-fi is good sometimes the wi-fi is really bad sometimes there's no wi-fi so it's a little bit of a it depends from ship to ship and uh how long does it take uh, on, on average i'd say Three to four days would be an average journey. Um, some of them are just much longer and some of them are just overnight. So coming to New Zealand ended up being 28 days on board a ship. Um, 
but that's in reality it could have been a five-day journey mm. and have you ever asked yourself during a pandemic why do this <laughs> there was no pandemic when i started i started in 2013 and uh, in in october november and december of 2019 i was left with nine countries um to to go and i thought okay i'm almost there i'm almost there i've spent so many years of my life doing this but i think i can be done in maybe 10 months and uh, and then the pandemic broke out and i got stuck in hong kong for two years uh, trying to get to new zealand trying to get to australia trying to get to Palau. wow um is there a metaphor that you have uh, that you can attach to this journey because it sounds like if you're a movie, you're nearly at the end, and then there's this yeah. big moment. And it sound, also sounds like, Thor, that you have these rules that you stick by, which is like, like why can't you just um, take a break and revisit it? Yeah. Why is it so important for you to, I guess, um, complete the original dream? Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, let's touch on, on, on the last part there. Why, why do I have these rules and why do I stick to them in the way that I do? So I, there truly isn't much that I can think of which hasn't been done. Um, you know, New Zealand is, is famously known for, uh, um, for, for getting to the peak of Mount Everest for the first time in, in, in history, up and down alive, right? And, and this was in, in 1953, so it was already a long time ago. That was the highest mountain in the world. They went around the planet uh, on a ship uh, many years ago. They went to the North Pole, the South Pole, and so on. At this point, you know, it's, it's going to the top of Everest with no legs or going to the top of Everest blind and, and these things. And as it turns out, no one in history has gone to every country completely without flying. So, you know, you'd have to set up some rules to define what does it mean to go to every country without flying and for me it means you do not fly at any point whatsoever that, that has to be undisputable and um, if you do it in one journey then there's no dispute about is this one or two or three or four journeys that you break it into pieces um, in the same way that you wouldn't break a marathon into pieces that you would have to run the entire marathon to say you completed it and then there's a 24-hour rule that ensures that I do not simply set my foot uh, and then run away, and that I come inside the country, I spend at least a night, and on average it's uh, roughly 12 days per country. And for this beautiful country, it has now been more than two weeks old. I think the interesting thing, what you're talking is like, the rules, like every rule, serves the rule, but it has no sub-rules to highlight that there was going to be a pandemic when you started, right? And yeah. so can you invent... Bad luck. Yeah, that's right. But but part of the story too, because um, I'm yeah. fascinated by how uh, you, will, you will remember this and the pain points might be the parts of the story that, you know, you write about or the movie gets made of. So mm. it's, it's very interesting. Um What's your learnings been on different cultures you've met? Because 
One of the things that I really like about podcasting, for example, is I talk to all types of people, and I'm always quite fascinated or blown away with how similar we are. Even if you talk to someone who says they follow a certain religion or does not, they both talk about this this magic in life, you know, and also the horror that can come on the other side of that. Have you had any observations on your time spent with different people, different cultures? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I would agree that uh, people are quite similar and we, we have the same makeup, two arms, two legs, we get hungry, we need to sleep and all of this. And, and all around the world, people are, are driven towards their passions. It might be music or sports and people like food, people care about family, people fall in love, they get married. People get stuck in traffic and complain about it. You know, people are people all around the world. I think that culture is many times what uh, makes us different. And I, I once heard someone explain culture to me in a beautiful way. And uh, I was told that culture is like, like the handshake of, of a country. So, of course, a country can have several different cultures. But, but the general idea about that this is how it represents itself. This is how people, they represent themselves. And I find it fascinating to see the differences within cultures, um, how people are welcomed, how you greet people. If you, if you touch them or if you've not touched them, do you look people in the eyes or not? Do you greet the, the oldest person in the room first or just whoever's close by? Um, can you, uh, can you shake the hand of a woman or not? And you know, all of these things is, is within culture and uh, how guests are received. Um, in, as a guest in Denmark, you might end up paying uh, the second beer or the third beer. The first one is free. But as a guest in other countries, you're never paying for anything at all. Like the guest would never pay. That's, that's unthinkable. So, yeah, I enjoy the cultural aspects across the world. But I see the similarities of people just trying to uh, carve out a little part of this world where they can feel safe and, and have some meaning. Yeah. That last but that meaning part, I, I wonder if it's somewhat a lonely journey for you because as more of us get attached to our phones, to the internet connections, to food that doesn't nourish us, you mm. seem to be on a different trajectory, which is, you know, probably unknown how long the last few countries are going to take for you. And if we look at our world, it's about very much what we can see and expect and I don't know though I think that's a really it's a I think on on paper it's really awesome but it must be lonely in reality sometimes yeah often it's often very lonely it's I, I've, I've described it as the same kind of loneliness that people sometimes experience going to a party full of people and even though there are many people you still feel alone um, I feel different from other people. I'm the only one that knows the entire story from 2013 and up to 2022. I know uh, all the hoops and all the doors I had to walk through to get to where I am now. I know what it cost me personally. Um, a lot of people, they get to see the social media side of this project, which is usually a little more shiny than reality. And uh, yeah, on a day like today, I've, I've created a couple of posts and they represent a fraction 
of, of my experience in New Zealand. And the reality is that I'm, I'm working and I have meetings and I'm doing research and networking and creating connections and trying to find out how can we move the project forward. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because I guess everyone thinks, oh, with that story, it'll be easy. You go viral, you'll have millions of supporters. But I guess like <laughs> everything else, people did exactly what I did. They check in on the headline and then something else grabs your attention. And yeah. and this is happening more and more. So, yeah, I suspected that. Not that I want to say to you, you know, um, anything negative, but I'm very fascinated by... I'm sure if you asked Sir Edmund Hillary about yeah. what it's like on day 10 of however many to get Absolutely. up to, he might have talked the same as you. Yeah, I've, I've been playing with that uh, idea that imagine if he had Instagram. <laughs> what would it be like going up there and, and being maybe scared and tired and uh, having doubt and, and all of these things? I, I think it's... it's very much I, I align with what you're saying that that people they they want they want the good stuff and, and they want the fame and the money and they want all the benefits but most people don't want to put in all the work and a lot of people don't realize how much work it is I, I would love to play the guitar but it's hard work to start to learn how to play an instrument it's not just picking it up and a, a few days later I'm playing the guitar it, you put in the hours. You want to learn a new language. You want to lose weight. You want to be successful. You want to be a social media star or a movie star, or a musician or an athlete. You have to put in the work. You have to put in the work. Mm -hmm. Do you, dear, think about what you're going to do after? Yeah, yeah. So I ha I'm married and I have my wife back home in Denmark, not far from where you are right now. And uh, we want to have a life together. So I'm looking forward to uh, building that life when, when I go back home. And uh, there will be a book uh, that will come out of this project. And hopefully uh, my mother will buy a couple of copies. And, and then I, I enjoy doing motivational speaking, uh, public speaking uh, gigs. And I've done those across the world, which also ties up to the cultural element because I I bring my story uh, to these people all across the world and it's received in different ways and different parts of my story are received in different ways and people laugh at different things but sometimes they laugh at the same things so yeah i enjoyed that element and hope to continue doing that as well wow and maybe um you know hopefully it'll be a chance for you to reflect on you know, because I guess there's sometimes not much reflection in real time. You're trying to organize how to get some money to do something else and, you know, um, lots of problem solving. So, wait, let's just recap yeah. on something. You're married and yeah. do the rules state that your can your wife travel to you? Absolutely. Absolutely, she can. She has been to visit me 26 times uh, throughout all of this. Uh, the longest stay we had together was about 100 days. Um, I more most recently saw her in Australia uh, about a couple of weeks before I got on the ship and, and headed towards uh, Aotearoa. Is that how I say it? Yes. Uh, 
And uh, yeah, I shave every time I see my wife. She doesn't like my beard at all. So when she shows up, I shave it off. So you can always sort of look at my beard and see how long it has been since the last time I saw her. That's awesome. That's awesome. What does she say about your, what do you call it? A mission, a journey, a voyage? What does she say about that? Yeah. It's, a, it's a mission. It's a voyage. It's a journey. It's a project. It's many things under one umbrella. And uh, she's very proud of me. She's very supportive. And uh, she's backing me. She's been backing me ever since I left home. But she's very much looking forward to uh, when this will be done and I'll come home and we'll be able to to share the same bed and wake up in the morning and have our breakfast together and have a normal life. So, yeah. Are those thoughts what propel you forward on the days where it feels too hard i guess i'm asking thor what's your and i'm I'm genuinely fascinated by the guests i talk to on the days where the sun doesn't shine and the floods what's the um what's the foundations that you lean on that's a very interesting subject and we could talk for hours about that but the headlines would be I think it's a noble thing to represent the Red Cross and the humanitarian work. And that there's a body of work within this project doing so. And I'm six countries from uniting the world's largest humanitarian organization in one journey. So I think that has a little bit of meaning. I think uh, I still have six countries out there that we have not reached. I've promoted the other country in a positive way. I also want to show those countries to my followers and to the world and include them and give them a positive spin. I think it's worthwhile being there for people who are struggling. Um, I most recently got a, a message on, on Instagram from a gentleman here in, uh, in New Zealand who wrote that he just came out of surgery and now he was about to embark on this long, hard journey of recovery. And uh, he saw me... Um, He saw me on morning TV and he was inspired by uh, that there's someone out there sitting in buses and trains and fighting the good fight and and solving all the problems and sticking to it, even on the rainy days, even when the sun isn't, isn't shining. I think especially that's where we show character and I think that's where... We, we as humans have a chance to distinguish ourselves um, from, from those who are not willing to fight when, when it isn't sunny and nice and, and good. Um, that's when we really see some results sometimes. So all of those things, all of those things is a part, are a part of, of the motivation. Um, there's also just this element of having spent this many years and all of this effort and all of these resources getting to 197 and having six left, how do you walk away from that? How do you walk away when there, when there are six left? Um, so there's a, and, and there's a little bit of vanity and uh, personal aspirations in, in doing something which has never been done before. This is my Mount Everest, you know, to become the first to reach every country without flying. Mm. Um. I haven't spoken to, or actually I've spoken to lots of people who try really hard things, like, you know, uh, previous guests have won the world record for standing in front of a boxing bag the longest or flipping a tractor tire, and and there is certainly part of our human, I don't know, soul or DNA, which is attracted to doing hard things. Um, have you, has your mind started 
to um, wonder if if you will constantly need to do something hard after this <clears throat> challenge? I think I will most likely need professional help uh, when I finally get home. One thing is just simply the transition between chasing a goal, a target for all of this time and that becoming a part of, of my life and my DNA. That's what I wake up and have in front of me and suddenly that's gone. And, and, and now suddenly I'm shopping for milk and groceries in the same supermarket around the corner and, yeah. you know, doing everyday kind of stuff. There's going to be a difficult transition. I've already seen that, um, I, you know, as much as I hate and struggle with the hard parts, when it gets too easy, uh, it's also not like I, to, to some degree, I enjoy doing things I know that most other people cannot do. And when it's easy, I feel like anybody can do this. Um, so there's, there's something strange going on there. And I hope it doesn't mean that I'll constantly be challenging myself uh, um, in, in some in crazy and insane way. I'll have, mm. have to see. Thor, what if you don't achieve your good? intended outcome well i'll still have a heck of a story to tell i'll still have all of the experiences from across the world i'll have all the learnings i'll have good stories to share and um, i'll be able to go out and and still inspire and motivate people and say you know you aim for the stars sometimes you reach them sometimes you don't but the important part is that you try yeah, thank you for answering that. And I ask that specifically because we also get sucked into this world where you will be on CNN when you complete your mission. But if you're one country short, you might not. But that doesn't take away from the the effort. This the you know there was people before Sir Edmund who tried who tried to climb, and I know, yeah. they leave a memory as well. So that's very interesting. Yeah, is this going to be a Guinness World Record? I don't think so. Um, it could be a Guinness World Record, but this is entirely in the hands of Guinness. Guinness they choose which records they want to validate, and uh, like standing in front of a, a boxing bag or flipping over tractor tires that's a lot easier to to validate and to measure um, to go back and look through the mountain of evidence all the stamps in my passports from all of these countries and and the, the photos and and everything else that i can produce to prove that i actually did what i say that I, i've done it's a lot of work, and I think I've already spoken a little bit to Guinness. They don't seem very interested. It's too much work. Uh, yeah. yeah, but it will be world history, and you can then you can weigh out what's more important: is it a world record or world history? Mm. And uh, and then again, you know, maybe that's not even important. Maybe it's the story that's important, and that's what the real value uh, is found in. I think you're right. It's that's just it's hard to tell yourself and remind yourself that sometimes. Like a few years ago, I tried a Guinness World Record, which is <clears throat> actually they're very much like a factory. You have to apply, you have to pay, <clears throat> and then you have to try <clears throat> and organize the measurements by yourself. So the record I tried to attempt was 
catching the highest rugby ball. You know, I'm from New Zealand, and we yeah, yeah. Rugby, so I organised a helicopter and it flew up. And of course, like every New Zealander or like every adventurer, I didn't plan properly. I didn't know that the propellers would fly the ball in all random directions. So I found myself on live news TV, running around like a headless chicken, trying to catch this <laughs> ball and and being laughed at by the media because. Of course, I was. I couldn't even touch one. Um, but I it's a good story, though. <laughs> yeah, and and it, it lends itself to the sequel, which is like yeah. I, I thought to myself: when I'm older, I have more time, and um, and I can bring people in to help me. I thought, yeah, know, it doesn't have to be from a helicopter; it could be from a drone. And so I think I will. Um, I recorded all the footage, and I'm I'm too embarrassed to watch it even today. But one day I will. Um, I'll finish the story, and it's it's interesting talking to you because I have an idea for you. Yes, sir. Hot air balloon. Nice, nice. Okay, well, maybe you won't have any rotors. You won't have any disturbance. You'll just have a basket hanging up there. Awesome. You'll get your Guinness World Record. (laughs) Maybe what I'll do is when you finish your mission and you have time to get your therapy and learn how to buy things from the supermarket and not get missing of your big trip, I'll send you an email and maybe I can come visit you and we'll do that together. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Look at me trying to book in more things for you. You haven't even finished your main um, task. So do you... um, do you read a lot? Do you listen to audiobooks, podcasts? How do you pass your time when you're um, like now? You know, I'm assuming that you're comfortable, you're warm, you're safe, but you are away from home. Yeah, well, um, when I'm on dry land, most of my time is spent with uh, work. I do read a lot, but it's usually research. So I'll, um, I'll go and visit a museum or two or three, and then I'll, I'll read and read and read uh, everything I can and try to understand where I am and again the cultural aspect of things um, when I'm at sea and there's no internet or you're sitting in a bus or sitting in a train I like to listen to podcasts there are some excellent podcasts out there every day I listen to BBC World News um, as a podcast um, yeah I, I read a few books but I get distracted so easily I really need to be somewhere where there's nothing else to do than read that book then I'll get the book read. I enjoy reading, but I just get distracted from it. Um, the ships are, again, a great place to, to read a book. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, most people won't ever travel on a container ship. Is there, is it as, you know, you see some of the footage, and I think I saw something from you, it's time-lapse, and it looks quite wild. Is it wild, yeah. or in real time, is it actually quite normal? It can be both. And in my experience, it's usually very calm, very, very calm. And the bigger the ship is, the the better it deals with swell and wind. Um, so usually very calm. But then I've been caught in a, in a few storms and uh, definitely coming across from between Australia and, and New Zealand, the Tasman Sea, it's notorious. Uh, it's unpredictable. And uh, you can get some pretty heavy swell uh, there. And we got a little bit of it, but nothing nothing alarming. Um, the ship moves. It, it, it definitely moves. You're at sea. The sea is a big place. It's a very powerful place. And, um, yeah, so it rolls. 
pitches a little bit, but the rolling from side to side is, is quite common. The pitching, depending on conditions, rolling very, very common. Then the question is, how many degrees does it roll? And uh, you can get 25 degrees, which is quite substantial. But I'd say maybe five degrees, six degrees, which is, you know, it's not much. It's it's okay. Um, you get all sorts of, of weather out there. You know, sometimes it's rainy and windy and crazy, thunder and lightning. Sometimes it's gray. Sometimes there's a blue sky. Sometimes at night you can see every star um, imaginable. And uh, sometimes... Uh, yeah, it's cloudy and you see nothing. So you get you get everything out there. Well, I, I like what you're describing too. You, it's some type of education in some way, right, that you are seeing more than just what you look up at in the city and you yeah. won't see any stars because of the lo- man-made lights. Um, yeah. Again, yeah. I think mm-hmm. something... No light pollution. Mm-hmm. When you look up sometimes on those clear nights, you think there's something else out there? Yeah, oh, definitely. And I'm going someday. I'm going out there and I'll, I'll be meeting those people. I, even here in, in Auckland, I, I go out some nights and I just look up into those skies and I wonder how big it is and, and how soon we will be traveling in between uh, those bright dots in the sky. And I think about the people that came before us. I think about these insanely skillful navigators that made it out into the Pacific and found these countries. Some of these countries are about a meter above the surface. You have to be on top of them before you can see them visually. But they could read the swell. They could think all the, you know, they could read all the signs, the environment. And and my part of the world with the Vikings that went across the Atlantic and North America, Africa, and all the way across to Asia, you know. They navigated with simple tools and with uh, immense knowledge. And I look at all of that and I look at us and I think, you know, sometimes we've been disconnected. Yeah, no, we, I think we have. And I think we're so disconnected. Like you mentioned the Pacific navigators and I have a friend who does research into Pacific people and problem gambling right and i said oh how do those two tie together and he said well it's the same dna of risk taking that allowed someone to believe that they could cross an uncharted ocean and make it that is the same thing when they put money in the slot machine and i thought that's how far we've been disconnected that these (laughs) tools are now working against us and um sometimes that scares me to think where we might be in another 20 years. Definitely. I mean, if you go back 20 years and see how different our lives were compared to the tools and the knowledge that we have today, mm. and then try to imagine what it might be like 20 years in the future, it's absolutely impossible. There was no way I could have predicted most of the things that we have in our world today, 20 years ago. Uh, it, it sounds like science fiction, a lot of it. So yeah, who knows where we're going. Yeah. Um, it, it's a slight unfair question because you're still in the middle of your, well, you know, if you look at fight or flight or rest and digest, whilst the mm. world tries to get to a place of calm and relaxation, even through substance, right? You're, I would say, very much in a fight or flight. You know, you know, you have to. You're still on task. You're still mid journey. So, mm. 
my question might be unfair to you, but is uh, are you are you hopeful what you see in the world? And I really mean that, Thor. Like, there's not many people doing that. What you're doing, mm. Pro- probably you are the only person of a, or maybe there's a few others, but you know, in a world of what five billion, that's a lot mm. of other people not going out there and seeing the world like you are and at the pace you are. And maybe I'm putting too much pressure on you, but I'm really fascinated. Are, are you hopeful of the future? I don't know. Um, I'm hopeful about humans. I've, I've met so many people around the world, and I really think there's a mismatch between the uh, worldview that we're often presented with uh, all the armed conflicts and the natural disasters and uh, the low-income families and hunger and poverty and child labor and and all these things that we we see and we think that the world is a horrible place. And then going to these countries and meeting the people and seeing how cool they are and how up-to-date they are and how caring and wonderful and helpful people are around the world. I mean, I'm a living example that the world is a better place than what most people think because I'm alive. There's no way I should be able to go to 197 countries without flying on a small budget, traveling with public transportation and still be alive. I should have been shot and stabbed and kidnapped and blown into bits and pieces. But all of that didn't happen because people are just people and they care about family and friends and the things we talked about. So I'm very hopeful for humanity and people. But I am a little bit scared uh, seeing some of these big political pieces that are shifting in the world and, uh, you know, people are power hungry. And uh, it's, you know, if you look at the U.S., which has been in the lead for many years and you see the rise of China, uh, it's not like it's not like the U.S. is going to bow down and say, OK, we had our time. Now, please lead the way, China. They're not going to do this. And, and there are cultural differences and, and there are ideological differences. You have Ukraine right now. Like who would have imagined that you would see Russia attack Ukraine? That, that's, that would be like Australia attacking New Zealand or Sweden attacking Denmark. Or, you know, you cannot. How did that even happen? How do we get to that point? And Yemen is going on for ever and Syria and Afghanistan is going on forever. So you have these places and we could essentially stop it. You know, we could we could put an end to it. But it seems like something is wrong. Something is wrong. So it it's a difficult question to answer. It seems like a lot of people in power are corrupted by the power. And because they're in power, they're able to decide over the rest of us. And that it doesn't always look like it's going in a good direction. But the people on the ground who have very little power are very easy to get along with and very nice and very helpful and very kind. Yeah, yeah. It's um, maybe the, the trait that humans are remembered for, you know, <laughs> ha- having it, it. I don't know if you watch much Netflix, but I've been watching a show called, I think it's called Love, Death and Robots. And okay. man, that show is—it's all animation, but it's so yeah. wild. It poses these questions, like questions like humans have everything we need to live, you know, without yeah. destroying the planet, but we can't help but do it because it's just, 
yeah i mean i don't know it's a it's a big one and we're not the first people to talk about it certainly not the last and yeah. we just um you know sometimes i wish to believe in you know maybe a higher power even though i don't know what i mean by that because i'm i would like to think that there's a bigger plan but on most days i'm like no i'm pretty sure it's a lottery <laughs> and, and we're yeah. just trying to not be that ball plucked out you know yeah yeah um, true i i get scared sometimes when you sh you see these images of earth from space and you see how thin the atmosphere is and like we have like this thin thin layer of air around our relatively big planet in this incredibly vast space uh, of, of everything. And, and I wonder, what if something, what if it's like water tension and something pokes a hole and it bursts and from one moment to the next, we just lose all our air because yeah. it looks so fragile. It looks so fragile. Do we know what it is we're dealing with? Are we valuing our lives? Are we valuing our day-to-day -day existence on this planet? Big topics for sure. <laughs> Big topics that uh, that we're going to lean on you to uh, ask the questions because I think if anyone's in a good position to find out is it worth carrying on, it should be someone who's been to all of the countries in a slow <laughs> in a slow way to learn to be part of. Um, so anyway, I feel very hopeful and I'm thankful that um, you gave me some time to talk to you and ask you a few questions and. I hope that when you complete your mission, your journey, your voyage, your discovery of humanity, that maybe I can talk to you again about what that would be a pleasure. Story. Yeah, it's nice now that we've swapped places and you're in my part of the world and I'm in yours. Maybe next time we do it in reverse. That's right. It's very unfair. I'm in summer and you're stuck in winter. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been raining all day. Yeah, man. Well, Thor, I just want to, I don't know how to do this, but I want to say something like, um, you know, keep strong. Uh, in Māori, the language, there's a word kia kaha, which is strength, you know, so mm, find you. that, find that, finish your mission for all those people out there like me who tried something big and failed. You have a chance to try something huge and win. And I think uh, do it because there might be those people out there who will um, will see that and feel that. I, I know I certainly feel that it's very interesting, and and I I like to celebrate the stuff that's interesting and good for us, not just the awesome algorithm or some new filter on you know a social media that's, as far as I'm concerned, mostly bullshit. But what you're doing is uh, is really cool. Um, so yeah, man, for uh, my small but loyal audience, where can they follow you on your journey? Oh, well, first of all, thank you. It's, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you, and I really appreciate uh, everything you said also here towards the end. Uh, you've clearly done this many times before and had some interesting conversations. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, the project is called Once Upon a Saga. That's like Once Upon a Time, but instead of time, it's Saga, S-A-G-A, -A, Once Upon a Saga. And they're welcome on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. There's a blog there. Yeah, everyone's welcome. Awesome, man. And just while it's on my mind, my podcast is called Please Blow My Mind. Do you have a mind-blowing moment from all of the different countries you've been to? Is there something that, 
you still think about and you're like, wow, I can't believe that. Yeah, I, I mean, very early days, but in the first uh, couple of months of the project, I found myself in Poland and uh, I was in a town and it was winter and cold and and I was looking for an address and I didn't know where to go. So I just walked in a random direction. And after 15 minutes, I didn't hadn't met anyone. And then a door opened and there was a woman. And to make this story really short, she was coming out to move her car because a storm was blowing over and uh, she was worried some trees might fall on her car. And she invited me in and I ended up spending the night at her place. And, and it was a wonderful experience and she was really kind. And the next day she helped me out. And that's sort of that part of it. So what blows my mind is that I could have walked in any direction, but I walked in that direction and she could have come out of her house to move the car at any time. But those things just linked up and we met each other. And I have this amazing story about this woman. Her name is Maria. And it's one of my go-to stories to explain hospitality and chance and opportunity. Mm. So just quickly, I have to ask you, what is that? Is that a bigger power or is that just life's gift? Or maybe they're the same. What is that moment? Like, can we really believe in something like that? Like if someone's listening and they're like, I'm going to walk that way and something's going to emerge. Like I truly believe that it might sound a bit crazy when I say it out loud, but life's pretty crazy. What do you make of it? Yeah, I believe life is pretty crazy. I will subscribe to that. Uh, it, it seems very random. Some things seem very organized. Uh, some things seem lucky. Some things seem planned. I, I generally believe that anything that can happen will happen. I'm, I'm not much for the superstitious. I don't believe that uh, suddenly someone sitting next to you will start flying um, because it doesn't seem to be something that can happen. But anything that can happen will happen. And then we're so many people, as you say, billions of people on this planet, and we're all moving into these positions. And eventually one of us is going to move somewhere where something that seems improbable is going to happen and it's something that might happen one time out of a billion yeah. but one time out of a billion means it can happen that's right yeah something like life waits for you to take the step something like that oh uh, yeah yeah i mean you need to walk out the door there's a famous quote that i like to throw around which is uh, life is nothing but a daring adventure mm, awesome. you need to get out there well, my friend, let's end it there. Um, I wish you all the best, and I hope to catch up with you one day in person, because why not? I was so close before I came to your part of the world. But uh, yeah, yeah, take care, and we'll, I hope if you're okay, I'll keep in touch with you on your journey. Sure. Maybe we'll meet in Denmark sometime. Sounds good, bro. All right, take care. See ya. You too. Thank you. Holding my head again Making my way through crowded thoughts Sometimes it's hard to get out of it Broke my heart in the dark I was just trying to feel something Falling asleep to the sound of it Always used to let you clean up the messes Down on my knees Thought I couldn't stand up on my own Turns out sometimes you're stronger alone Bringing out the fight, yeah, bring on all the lightning Cause I 
looking for a hero, look inside the mirror. I find one. Oh, carry the hurt when it gets too hard. Pick it up, dust it off. When I fall down 11, I get up 12. Don't need nobody else. Yeah, I can save myself. Got burned, but I learned. Our scars make us who we are. Now I'm ten feet tall over my demons. Remind me no one's got me like myself. Yeah, I love me without any help. I'm the best thing to believe in. Oh, I'm bringing out the fight, yeah, bring on all the lightning. Cause I Season and the sun is always right behind the storm. 